Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. If you're ever injured in an accident and you're worried about if a lawyer is going to cost you too much money, the advocates, they will provide help for you. No out-of-pocket costs until your case is settled. You pass the stress of your accident off to the advocates. That helps you focus on getting better. To find out how the advocates can help you, you can call them free of charge, 406-640-4444 today, or you can visit MontanaAdvocates.com. And remember, you deserve an advocate. ESPN Missoula Sports Center. March is here, so let the madness begin. Hello, I am Coulter Duanez. Hoops across the Treasure State hit a fever pitch over the next several weeks with the completion of the Big Sky Conference regular season, the beginning of the Big Sky Tournament in Boise, Idaho, kicking off next week, and divisional and state tournaments galore across the Treasure State. Tuesday night in Bozeman, the Montana State men will look to bounce back from a 80-74 loss to rival Montana with Southern Utah in town. A victory for the first place Bobcats would secure at least a share of MSU's first Big Sky Conference title since 2000. And MSU is a game ahead of SUU in the standings and posted a 76-71 victory over the Thunderbirds a few weeks ago in Cedar City. If the Bobcats can't clinch tonight, they'll have opportunities against Sacramento State Thursday and Northern Colorado Saturday in Bozeman. MSU's 13 league victory is already the most in their Big Sky Conference history. The University of Montana men's basketball team is one win away from securing a first round bye in next week's Big Sky Tournament. They have Northern Colorado in Missoula on Thursday and Sac State on Saturday. In prep hoops, divisional tournaments kick off at the Class AA level. The Western AA tournament for both boys and girls basketball will be hosted by Carroll College. Helena Capital plays in the first game at 9.30 a.m. The Hellgate girls have the first girls game at noon. This ESPN Missoula Sports Center is brought to you by Selway Armory. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television, down here at Studio 49 on the University of Montana campus at the Gallagher Business Building with my good friend and uh, contributor here on ESPN Radio, Justin Angle. It's a business angle, the overlay between business and sports. And uh, we haven't talked to you in a couple weeks. Justin, how you been? I've been okay. How about you? Good, good, good. Well, I know that we uh, had planned on doing some Super Bowl stuff, mm-hmm. but then uh, the Super Bowl not didn't fit into your really busy schedule. Right. But I did send you some of the commercials that I wanted to analyze because I thought there was two that were very interesting, sort of bizarre, and in certain ways brilliant. Uh, both were for cryptocurrency yeah. companies. It was the most striking commercial of the Super Bowl, I thought. And I'm not much of a commercials guy during the game. Mm-hmm. I'm usually either finishing making whatever food I'm doing or get another beer when it's a commercial. And so I, you know, but I did see the the, the infamous crypto commercial with just the Q code, right? The Coinbase app, yeah, Coinbase yep. pinging around the screen. Mm-hmm. It's just one minute of this QR code, and I thought to myself, that's the greatest. 
That's the biggest waste of money and the greatest advertisement I've ever seen all at the same time. <laughs> what did you think of it? I, I liked it. I liked it because it was different and it kind of captivated your attention, even though it was like really not that compelling, uh, but it did hold your attention. You're like, when is the punchline coming? Super Bowl ads are generally so stimulating. For Try sure. to tell such a rich story in a short amount of time and to just see the stark screen and it was kind of hypnotic and um, it almost had like a retro look to it, even though right. it was a QR code. You couldn't help but be curious. It was like an Atari look or something, It was something, like right? daring you not to put your phone to the screen and scan it. Well, that's why I thought it was brilliant, too, though, because now when people watch TV, especially sports, mm-hmm. everybody has their phone in their exactly. hands all the time. That's why yep. we're always, whenever we're covering games, I'm always trying to tweet whenever there's a break in the game because so many people just have their phone. What's yeah. going on? What's yeah. Coulter say on Twitter? And I thought... There's probably so many people that are like, when's the punchline? Oh, let's see. And clicked on it. Well, and that's a big part of this. I think the Super Bowl, the, the smart players kind of use it as an opportunity to tell a part of a story or launch a story. So it's reminiscent of, you know, back in the 80s when the Infinity brand, mm-hmm. you know, a luxury brand associated with Nissan launched. They, right. they did these Super Bowl commercials that were really mysterious. Like you had no idea what Infinity was. Right. And it's before the internet was prolific, so you couldn't really search it. And you know, people were intrigued, and they wanted to learn more, and they went to try to find to learn more. And that, so then the brand has this great opportunity to, to cultivate whatever associations they want to cultivate. Um, later, I think it was a sub, subdivision of AT&T, they launched this initiative called M-Life in a Super Bowl ad. Nobody knew what M-Life was, right? And they gave us a URL, and it was really compelling, and they had overwhelming traffic to that URL. The big fail, though, was that they didn't have the infrastructure in place. The site crashed because so many people hit it, which is ironically what happened with Coinbase. Right. So many people hit, hit, hit the QR code that the site was overwhelmed. But now we have social media where you can kind of mitigate those effects and sure. kind of create some post ad hype around that, um, and you sort of you can dominate the news cycle for for a few days and, and get that enduring kind of publicity. I felt their pain because at SkylineSportsMT.com, when we broke the news of Bobby Houck's hiring, mm-hmm. and we also broke the news of Jeff Choate departing from Montana State to Texas, both of those things caused such an unbelievable amount of traffic to go to our website that it crashed. So I'm calling my web guy. I'm like, I will pay you any amount of money on the earth to get this back up. Like, we have to. There's probably 10,000 people going to our site at the same time. We have to have it. And so I do. I I felt their pain. The other commercial, it's a business angle, by the way, presented by Blackfoot Communications here on ESPN Radio. The other commercial completely and utterly freaked me out. Okay. And not even because of what it was even advertising. I'm not even actually sure. It It was a commercial that featured... LeBron James in 2022 talking to LeBron James in 2003. Yeah. And it was a, I don't even, what, what would you call that? It's, it's not even a simulation. It's a, what, what was, and uh, I don't know, what, what was LeBron younger? What was he? Yeah, I mean, I, I, probably some sort of a, a graphical simulation. Sure. You see it in like the Mandalorian when they right. roll out, you know, young sure. Luke Skywalker. Right. And, you know, so, so that technology exists and it's really interesting. Um, there's still this kind of like artificial look to it. You could tell it wasn't quite a not real quite, person. Not quite there. But it was compelling. They're getting pretty close, And you instantly though. knew who it was. Um, I, I, I thought this ad was a big fail to me. Really? You know, crypto, it sort of had nothing to do with crypto.com. Right. They sort of talk about predicting the future and all that, but it really had nothing to do with what crypto.com is all about. Mm-hmm. It gave you no hook to go visit crypto.com right. other than the website. No call to action. And then, and then more broadly, Coulter, like, I just am not a fan of LeBron James's kind of branding in general. Hmm. I, I just think it's got this, like, kind of veneer of drama that is, doesn't come off as genuine. Hmm. It's all very Isn't sort of, that so defining of the genera- his generation, though? I mean, in some ways, there's nothing courageous about... Hmm. Okay. You know, it's like he's trying to be this kind of... Um, Approximation of like a Muhammad Ali type of person, right? But he's got nothing in his record that illustrates that kind of depth of character, if that makes sense. And that's I don't the mean best that as, analysis I've ever heard of this. And I don't mean that as a slight. I mean, no, LeBron totally. James has had an incredible career, and he's largely like stayed out of trouble. Like For he sure. hasn't had personal dramas, personal <laughs> failures. That's the irony of it, though, right? Is while Muhammad Ali is fighting uh, for racial justice and 
in the civil rights movement He's and holding out from the draft uh, war. boycotting the draft losing his heavyweight title converting to the nation of islam spending time in prison as the most prominent professional athlete on the earth yeah. coming back winning the championships all that he certainly had so much sacrifice it's so interesting though because when you think of who has lebron james been fighting He's been fighting the machine of exposure, yeah, yeah, which is so bizarre to really even think about. Yeah, and it's, you know, I think the contrast with LeBron James was so stark, you know, a couple of years ago when the Last Dance documentary came out. I mean, Michael Jordan is singularly compelling in the sense that, like, I don't think there's ever been an athlete so in the public. And it was in this interesting time before social media, before everybody had a camera in their pocket. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if Jordan survives that world, but he was so singularly focused on winning. There was a ruthlessness that he was he had no interest in putting a veneer over. I mean, he had a carefully managed public image. Sure. But there was no shame in how brutal he was as a competitor, as a teammate. And that came across in that documentary. I mean, just raw I am about one thing and one thing only and nothing else will get in my way. Whereas with LeBron, it's just like, I don't know. Is he social justice? Is he, you know, who knows what he stands for? And and he's a great player. I mean, I, it's, it's hard to ding LeBron James because sure. he's a great player. And he, by all accounts, seems like a good man. But there's just not a lot of compelling story there. Nuance now ESPN Radio as well as SWX Montana Television. Justin Angle recorded with me. Coulter Nuance down at Studio 49 here on the University of Montana campus, Gallagher Business Building. And uh, a business angle presented by Blackfoot Communications. And, Justin, it it is so fascinating, too, because, um, first of all, I thought that analysis is so spot on. Michael Jordan had the good fortune of place and time. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it it happens at any other time before or after Michael Jordan. Yeah. I also think Michael Jordan had the distinct – I think he had two other distinct advantages. One, that he played for North Carolina and for Dean Smith at the absolute – I mean – College basketball in the early 1980s was bigger than any sport has ever been in America besides what the NFL is now. Mm -hmm. And, like, those ACC Big East battles, I mean, Michael Jordan and Len Bias and Patrick Ewing. I mean, Patrick Ewing was a way bigger star in college than he ever was in the NBA, and he played for the New York Knicks and was a Hall of Famer. Exactly. And he was still a bigger star at Georgetown. Mm -hmm. So that sort of introduced Jordan at a young age where he, he was sort of eased into it a little bit more than LeBron. But more than anything, I think that this is a point that David Halberstam makes in his book about Michael Jordan, uh, called Michael Jordan and the and the world he made. And my mother and I have talked about this frequently as well. It's as simple as that Michael Jordan has a Madison Avenue smile. It's as simple as that. Because of what he looked like, period, that made him have a broader appeal. Yeah. LeBron yeah. James, it's not as if LeBron James is ugly, but he's also just much more ferocious looking. He's just much more scary. Yeah. I mean, he, he's a very intimidating looking guy. Michael Jordan's this ruthless killer who also has these like down home guy down the street looks. Yeah. And, and I think like he was never, I mean, we're introduced to him as a college freshman yes. in, a, in a time when college freshmen were not dominant players on For basketball sure. teams. They had, right. they had upperclassmen. You had the James Worthy. I mean, when, seniors. when Jordan hit the, the game winner against Georgetown yes. in 1982, freshmen had only even been allowed to play right. for like six or seven years. Right. right. So it was, it, it was a different time. And Jordan had kind of this, I, I mean, yeah, he had a prototypical body that had not that came into prominence at a time when big men were dominating That's the right. league, right? That's Where right. LeBron was like a freak of nature from the start. So big, so strong. So all of a sudden you had this like Lawrence Taylor style body that could run up and down the floor and totally physically intimidating. Not a lot of gracefulness to that style of play. I mean, it, it's beautiful in its own way, but it didn't have the sort of, I don't know, the, I think grace is the right word. It, it's like uh, Jordan was just able to move in a way that we had never seen before. It's so true. My mother talks about this all the time because she's a huge sports fan. She watches basketball all the time. And she's always said, LeBron James is awesome. He's powerful. Absolutely. He's athletic. His endurance, his durability, all that stuff. He's just not that fun to watch compared to Michael Jordan. Yeah. Magic Johnson had a very similar dynamic to Michael Jordan and the fact that he also had the Madison Avenue smile mm-hmm. and this sort of very uh, palatable style of play as well. And then you add in, you know, the Lakers and the pizzazz and the Laker girls oh, yeah. and Pat Riley and the whole show. It, it is. It's fascinating. A business angle with Justin Angle down here at the University of Montana Business School. 
Well, so I, I, that's a very interesting take. I'd never heard that take on LeBron James before, so thank you so much for that. Mm-hmm. I spent last weekend at the Big Sky Indoor Track and Field Championships before coming back here for the uh, rivalry games between Montana and Montana State in basketball. Uh-huh. And I had so many thoughts while I was standing there inside the, uh, the arena. First of all, if anybody's never been to a, an indoor track championship, it is one of the great spectacles it's in sports. Awesome. You can stand there right in the middle of the track, and you can watch the men's shot put and the women's long jump and the men's high jump and the women's pole vault and all the runners going all the way around. And, I mean, there's so much action, it's crazy. But I was just struck by so many different thoughts. The main one, though, that as college athletics continues to evolve and additional revenue sources continue to be searched for, to me, I don't know why, particularly when you're talking about in the Big Sky Conference and in Montana, you wouldn't go all in on investing in track and field to try to make it at least somewhat of a break even or let alone a revenue sport. Yeah, I think there's interesting opportunities there. And we've seen this year, you know, alcohol sales came back into the mix at Grizzly Stadium and the basketball games. And, I, you know, I think there is opportunity to create a sort of a festival environment. Right. And, you know, and I don't know how, I think that probably maps onto the indoor meets, but particularly the outdoor meets and cross-country events. I mean, you, you look at some of the high school cross-country meets that right. are occurring in town. And not only are there tremendous, like, draw of athletes from the region, mm-hmm. but there's, like, a citizen's race as well. There's right. open races. And, totally. and just get, like, a whole community feel. And when you talk about track and field, it, it is this, like... I mean, you've probably been to, like, a major thoroughbred horse race where you have this party on the infield and this race going on around the, the, the track... You could layer on, like, it's a human race, plus all these other events, the shot put, the high jump, the pole vault, all of that stuff. There's just this, like, festival environment that if you sprinkle in some beer sales and some interesting concessions right. and other promotions, could make for a destination event and another source of revenue. You'll love this as a marketing person, somebody that understands marketing so well, somebody that teaches marketing at the college level. This year was the 25th anniversary of the WNBA. Mm-hmm. And Kate Fagan, who was actually a predecessor of mine at the Ellensburg Daily Record once upon a time, so then I followed her uh, for throughout her career, she's now one of the lead writers for ESPNW, and she's the preeminent WNBA writer in the country. I love Kate Fagan's work. She wrote a special edition 25th anniversary article for Sports Illustrated, and it was all about the history of the WNBA, but also why the WNBA hasn't become really, really household famous. Think think of the momentum and sort of the explosion of women's sports in America, particularly led by the United States women's soccer team, Mm -hmm. how branding uh, and how marketable those women have become. And you see it in college hoops. The the Yukons and Tennessees and Stanfords of the world, they're still drawing five, six, seven, eight thousand people every single game. And and Kate Fagan had multiple different uh, reasons why she thought the WNBA hadn't reached this tipping point. One, there's this just asinine notion among male sports fans like, oh, me and my five buddies could go win a WNBA game. First yeah. of all, buddy, no, you could not. You would lose by 40. Yeah. I'm telling you, 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 are, you have no idea. But then there was also the elements of the fact that many of the women that play in the WNBA are uh, minorities in multiple different ways, whether it's because of their ethnicity, mm-hmm. um, their sexuality, their um, gender fluidity. I mean, there's sure. all sorts of different right. factors that go here uh, that, unfortunately, in America aren't necessarily as marketable. And uh, so th- that's all to say, I-, I just think that there's such an opportunity, though, for the marketing of a variety of different sports that aren't football and basketball. And and you, you see the WNBA and its lack of marketing but then you look at most of the women that play in the WNBA, they play overseas during the traditional basketball season in front of 10,000 people. I mean, Diana Taurasi makes $5 million a year to play in CSKY Russia right. in front of packed stadiums, and then she comes and makes her league maximum $100,000 a year in the WNBA. Well, what's the difference besides the marketing of it all? You know, Even if you do have these hurdles that the WNBA has, if you marketed it better or made it a part of the public conversation, if it's on SportsCenter every night, I just think that you could get fans, it's the same thing. I think that in Bozeman, Montana, for this last weekend, for example, if you market that heavily, why couldn't you sell 750 tickets, 1,000 tickets? If you say, hey, there's going to be like 15 future Olympians in this meet, come watch. I just feel like it's a lost opportunity across the board. 
Yeah, I mean, I think what it comes down to with these, you know, sports or events or whatever you, you want to, however you want to describe it, is what is the product? Right. Right. With the WNBA, and I think the NBA in particular has been suffering with loss of ratings. I feel like there's this kind of disconnect between the product that the fan wants and the product that's being presented. So hmm. if you look at the NBA, mm-hmm. there there is... You know, there, there's a there's a certain quality of the game on the court, but the positioning of the league has sort of been around a lot of social justice, a lot of political activism. Yep, and that's I, a th- that's another thing that's really incurred the WNBA. The most politically active yeah. l- group of professional athletes in this country are WNBA players, which which is fine, and, and totally. more power to those athletes for using their platform to speak out about what they care about. The problem is. It, the average sports fan probably doesn't want that. Right. You know, the average sports fan loves the NFL because the NFL is wrapped in the flag. That's right. Right? There's right. a simplicity to it's it. True. We, we wanna, it's true. And, and, you know, the United States is the only country with football. We've talked about this before. So, you, like, you can just sort of, you know, tune into this nostalgia. Totally. And, and it's a simple world. And sure, like, social justice and other political causes kind of come in around the fringes of the NFL, and they flare up, and they dominate the news cycle. But it's not the dominant storyline. For sure. And the owners and the commissioner sort of try to keep it at an arm's distance. Whereas Adam Silver, I mean, I credit his leadership on, on some of these issues, and he, and he embraces, and he's a good advocate for what the players think and believe and want to say. The problem is... To the extent it is a problem for revenue, mm-hmm. the audience doesn't really want that. Totally. They just want to watch games. That's true. The other thing that – and the, the, the actual result of the game is always going to be one of the primary draws. Yeah. But there's also another draw when it comes to professional sports. And for lack of a better word, it's kind of the freak show, right? It's the, it's the spectacle that is these athletes that are these humans that have completely rare genetic makeup. They have completely rare bodies and how big and tall and strong and fast they are. And again, for better or worse, especially in America, the freak show is completely palatable for men because they don't. It doesn't matter what you look like yeah. aesthetically, and that's another thing I think it's a drawback for the WNBA because you do have these peculiar and unique-looking women, mm-hmm. and it doesn't necessarily correlate. I, I think it's beautiful, but there's the general public, the general consumer doesn't necessarily think it is necessarily traditionally beautiful. That was another point Kate Fagan made in the article is that especially at college programs, you can recruit a few players based on what they look like and their talent, whereas in the WNBA, you have to be one of the best players in the world, and there is no consideration how you wear your hair, right? You're just good enough to play or you're not, and that's it. And that's good, but it's also not marketable like it it could be at the college level. Yeah, we talked about just a few moments ago Michael Jordan being sort of uniquely good-looking in a certain way and that providing him with all kinds of... um, market opportunities to monetize his his personal brand as he cultivated it. Yet that had little to do with his talent on the basketball court. Totally. The two didn't necessarily correlate. He was not drafted because of his looks. The fact that your looks might influence your selection at any level of play on the women's side and not on the men's side is, is a problem. It is. Yet at the same time, like this is entertainment and it's being marketed and you have to think about what the audience wants. It, it, it is a conflict, and managing that conflict is is a really challenging, complicated thing to navigate if you're running a business. Nuance is now ESPN Radio as well as SWX Montana Television. It's a business angle with Justin Angle, recording down here at the Gallagher Business Building on the UM campus. So let's circle back around to track, though, because not only from a, I think that if you if you build it, they will come, so to speak, mm-hmm. right? I think that, that that's a pretty cut-and-dry theory. If you say, hey, we're hosting a Big Sky Indoor Track Championship, there's going to be multiple runners that are world-class that maybe are going to be Olympians someday trying to sell tickets. That seems pretty basic. But I also think there's a huge opportunity here, specifically for the Montana schools, in terms of enrollment. Yep. Because you you can bring a lot more in-state athletes into track than probably any other sport besides football. You There's absolutely world-class athletes coming up in track and field in Montana more than any other sport. I mean, I watched Lucy Corbett from Montana State yeah. high jump 6'3 and a quarter. She has the highest high jump in the United States of America. She's from Bozeman, competing for MSU. I mean, Duncan Hamilton, we talked about him on this show extensively. I mean, he had the seventh fastest 3K time in the country. Yep. He was at the U.S. Olympic trials last year. So I think that that also, though, 
the marketing of those sort of accomplishments by local athletes could help boost in-state enrollment. You know, I think that you could recruit athletes from smaller towns where then they're bringing people with them, their friends. It's just, I guess what I'm saying is it's very unlikely that there's a guy from Seattle who's going to come here and play hoops and he's going to bring a whole crew of people. But it's right. it's way more likely that you have a couple studs from Billings Senior who go to Montana to p- run track and then 10 of their friends come because they want to watch him. If, if you could just sort of build up this branding and uh, and also just the, the exposure that the sport receives. Yeah, I mean, you look at what's happened in Eugene with the University of Oregon. For sure. Kind of built around the cross-country team, the legendary Steve Prefontaine, and the other runners that kind of came up through that culture like that. It started with a great team. And what a great example of storytelling, too. When people think of track, they think of Steve Prefontaine. He became sort of this, this brand name image. Mm-hmm. And they built a kind of culture around that. He was a draw, already captivated, you know, the, the town in many ways, captivated the country in many ways. For sure. And, you know, it, it doesn't necessarily take that sort of person. Like when I was in Seattle, the University of Washington's women cross-country team was phenomenal, won national championship. They th- That year they like swept the top six places at the Pac-10, it was Pac-10 at the time. Sure, sure. But anyway, like that sort of team can develop a really big buzz. And if you can put together a series of teams like that, that's the centerpiece of building a community. You know, we've talked about this before uh, on this show, like great brands come from great products. Right. And the product here is got to start with the team. And then if, if you have a great team and a great, you know, great results, you can start building an experience around that that people want to be a part of. And I also think that, and I, I hate to keep hammering on this portion of the narrative, but there is a sort of a drawback from women's basketball because of men consumers, because of this, like I said, silly notion that we could just go put together a team and, and beat these teams. It's not true. But I think that that notion can be dispelled in track and field more than any other sport because it is a it's the time is the time. Yeah, yeah. You cannot say that you can run the 100 meters faster than this woman. You yeah. cannot. And it is definitive that you cannot. And you can see it. You just <laughs> right. watch you right. know, a, a top women's track athlete either run or jump right. or whatever. You know, any schmuck like me is like, that is a level of talent that I can 100%. inspire. To. And it's so applicable too for like guys like you who are distance runners. You going for runs all the time. I mean, you watch these men or women running. I mean, the the winning mile time was like 359. Right. It's like not even possible to think of how fast they're running. So, I don't know. I think that, I think there's just an opportunity for schools there. I agree completely. A Business Angle with Justin Angle here on Nuana's Now, presented by Blackfoot Communications. This was a good one, man. Thanks for being here. Absolutely. Happy to be here. Nuana's Now, ESPN Radio. Back with more right after this. Keep it right here. 1029 FM. Sportsbet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sportsbet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sportsbet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago, and in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. ESPN Missoula Sports Center. March is here, so let the madness begin. Hello, I am Coulter Duanez. Hoops across the Treasure State hit a fever pitch over the next several weeks with the completion of the Big Sky Conference regular season, the beginning of the Big Sky Tournament in Boise, Idaho, kicking off next week, and divisional and state tournaments galore across the Treasure State. Tuesday night in Bozeman, the Montana State men will look to bounce back from a 80-74 loss to rival Montana with Southern Utah in town. A victory for the first place Bobcats would secure at least a share of MSU's first Big Sky Conference title since 2000. MSU is a game ahead of SUU in the standings and posted a 76-71 victory over the Thunderbirds a few weeks ago in Cedar City. If the Bobcats can't clinch tonight, they'll have opportunities against Sacramento State Thursday and Northern Colorado Saturday in Bozeman. MSU's 13 league victory is already the most in their Big Sky Conference history. The University of Montana men's basketball team is one win away from securing a first round bye in next week's Big Sky Tournament. They have Northern Colorado 
Colorado in Missoula on Thursday and Sac State on Saturday. In prep hoops, divisional tournaments kick off at the Class AA level. The Western AA tournament for both boys and girls basketball will be hosted by Carroll College. Helena Capital plays in the first game at 9.30 a.m. The Hellgate girls have the first girls game at noon. This ESPN Missoula Sports Center is brought to you by Selway Armory. I got one for you. I got a, our our tenth anniversary at ESPN Missoula was this past month, and now that it's March, we'll have one more interview with Tommy Evans, the on and off but long-standing producer of this show, and uh, our station engineer, Missoula Broadcasting Company. He'll join us right off the top tomorrow, 4 p.m. So look forward to that. You can also catch Tommy's awesome show on the trail from six to seven tonight. 103.3 FM, the trail. But I got one leftover 10-pack of wings at the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. One certificate left for our 10 wings every 10 minutes for the whole month of February, courtesy of the Despo. Text me the three members of Cream, the band that we're just playing. The first person that gets it, the three members of the band Cream. Text it to 888-1029. That's 406-888-1029. Three members of the band Cream. If you can tell me, text me, 406-888-1029. I got a 10-pack of wings to the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill for you. Divisional basketball rages on across the state. We've had districts at all the levels besides AA. There is no districts in AA, just divisionals and state. So we're into the divisional rounds for most of the classifications, and the Western AA tournaments get started in Helena on Thursday. Time now for our Prep Extra, presented by Farmer State Bank. Farmer State Bank, a phenomenal supporter of youth athletics across the state of Montana. And how cool is this? Farmer State Bank, they're giving away 10 $10,000 scholarships. That's right, 10 $10,000 scholarships to various high school seniors across the state of Montana. you got to act now. Go to FarmersEbank.com to apply. And uh, the deadline, March 15th, so it's coming up. You know how an outstanding high school senior boy or girl? Go to FarmersEbank.com and nominate them. We're joined now, this week, on the Prep Extra by Brady Henthorne. He's the co-head coach for the Hellgate girls basketball team. And, Coach, we've had your dad on before, so it's great talking to you. How you doing? I'm doing well, Colter. Thanks for having me. Of course, the Hellgate girls basketball team off to a phenomenal start with the uh, divisional and state tournaments on the horizon. Hellgate just one loss this season against 13 wins, swept the Crosstown game, so they are city champs and closing in on a Western AA title as well. So before we get into some of the details of this team, Coach, what have you liked broadly? I mean, how have you guys been able to put this together? Because I know this has been, uh, if you followed Hellgate girls basketball, a couple years in the making. Yeah, absolutely. We just have a really good core group of girls that have been involved in our program for four years now, um, been playing together for a long time. So we just really gotten to know them and their style of play and how they, they work off each other and just continue to run with that as much as we can and continue just to let them know we got to work hard and show up every day. Well, I remember when I first came back to Missoula about four years ago, and uh, the first when I first started getting back into high school hoops around the Garden City, I remember you guys were playing a roster that mostly was anchored by freshmen and sophomores, and that team peaked kind of late and uh, and went on a nice little run in the state tournament. It was sort of uh, foreshadowing for for good things to come, but. As we know in sports, nothing it's not always linear, right? You might have uh, flashes when you're young and, and maybe get stuck or don't get any better. Or, you know, so many different things. Bad luck, all sorts of different things can happen. But it seems like this group has continued to improve. So how have you kept them motivated? And how have you kept them, you know, continuing to, to make that charge and, and sort of climb the ranks to become one of the best teams in Class AA? You know, great question. Um, I think it just comes with uh, everything that comes about with sports. Um, the the tough losses, the way we ended last year, uh, the, a lot of those type of factors that these girls understand that they have to be ready to go every single game. Uh, you look at the, the loss we had in Capital, um, they just, we, it was an eye-opener making these girls understand that um, if you aren't prepared and if we don't put it in the work and practice, uh, anything could happen. 
So we really just try and continue to push these girls and let them know that we are worried about ourselves, our own game, and we have to play our best every time we, we hit the floor. Brady Enthorn joining us here on the Prep Extra. He is the co-head coach for the Missoula Hellgate girls basketball team. And Coach, you mentioned last year losing the state championship game to, to Capitol in, a, in what was a slugfest. What do you remember about that game and also just sort of maybe how it set the tone for the offseason and then influenced the mentality of this year? Because sometimes, like you say, losses are the things you learn the most from. <laughs> Absolutely. It was, it was a chess match of a game. Um, both teams had a lot of passion within a couple leaders and it just didn't didn't finish the way we wanted it to but it i one of the things i remember most is just after the game and how devastated the girls were uh, and knowing that they had the opportunity to come back and you could just tell and see how disappointed they were and how sad they were of being so close but coming out as the first loser and uh they are i think it was a great motivator during the off season and particularly coming back this year knowing we've got we've, we're all got the same goal we've got a job to finish and um, just take it game by game practice by practice and make the most of it it is so interesting too when you do lose the state championship game right because you you made it so far and you made it farther than every other team uh, but then you have to end your season on a loss instead of a win it's almost like the the joy and, and the exaltation that comes with it if you finish third is even different even if you're finishing one place below right because you get to win the game instead of losing the game so always interesting when it comes to state tournament formats like that yeah yeah it's tough to end the season on a loss uh don't want to take away from the accomplishments of the girls and everything we did last year it's just they're competitors they're they're gamers and they like to win and they all have the same end goal. They don't care how we get there. And so you can tell it really it really hit home. Well, Missoula Hellgate, off to a 13-1 start, undefeated in Western AA play. Helena Capital, the only loss this season, a double overtime loss, sandwiched in between two crosstown games. So take us through just that stretch of your season, Coach, because you play Missoula Sentinel at Dahlberg Arena. What a night. I had so much fun. It was so great being down there for the Battle of the Golden Goat and watching all the kids and teachers and parents and everybody just going crazy and just having a great time. And then you have a, a Tuesday game against Capital that goes to double OT, but then you got to come back and play in front of a, a packed gym one more time with Big Sky at Hellgate the following Friday. So just take us through that week and how you thought your, your team sort of navigated the emotions because there were some pretty cool environments and uh, some pretty big-time games you guys had to play that stretch. It, it was definitely a roller coaster. Um, playing at the Adams Center was a ton of fun, just a great memory for all these girls. that'll They'll never forget it. Um, I played played a solid game there, stuck to the game plan, and they were able to execute. And then we went to Capital, and uh, credit to, to Katie and the, the Bruins, they played hard and they had a great game plan. We came out, and we were just a little flat, and whatever we tried, it just we couldn't get the ball in the hole, which, as you know, makes the game a lot harder. Uh, so after that loss, um, we just had to refocus, reprioritize, uh, had good conversation with the, all the girls just to understand where they're sitting and their perspective of things and had a good couple of days of practice and um, just helped us, you know, have an eye opener and kind of determine what what we're all here and what the job is that needs to be done. And so we're able to come back, Big Sky, that Friday and um, play a really, really good game. So like you said, you can learn a lot from your losses. Uh, and that was one of those that we did learn a lot from and have continued to move in the right direction. Western AA tournament begins in Helena on Thursday at Carroll College. Everybody goes to these divisional tournaments now. This is not how it was when I was in high school. And uh, I actually think in part way, in some ways, it's really good. You know, I remember one year when I was at Big Sky, we beat number two they were the number two team in the state in Helena Capital in, in the 2-7 play-in game, and it was great for us. We got to go to state even though we only had like five wins, but I always remember back feeling so bad for those Capital guys because they went like 18-1 and and lost one game to us and uh, didn't get to go. So, um, Coach, it's been this divisional format here in um, for the Western AA, Eastern AA for a couple years now. What do you think of the change, and, and what does it take sort of to navigate these this, this new element of the postseason? Nothing's better than tournament time. You got March Madness coming. I mean, it's just anything can happen. It's anybody's chance. Uh, all teams, your goal throughout the year is just to, to peak come March and be ready to go uh, once you get to the tournament. And everyone has a shot. And so we just 
take it one game at a time and enjoy the moment, enjoy the, the atmosphere and being able to play at Carroll is pretty special. So um, just coming in and continuing to build on what we've done throughout the season. Take us through just your senior class because I know in high school hoops, particularly in Montana, the seniors are always pivotal. I know you got some talented ones. So uh, just take us through just uh, how they've influenced your program and, and sort of this uh, this opportunity that they have now going into the last postseasons of their careers. We're pretty fortunate to have the group of girls that we do, uh, especially majority of them are on the same age. They all get along really well. And we get along with them, which I think plays a huge factor in the success that our program has seen the last couple of years. Um, we just have open communication policy with these girls to ensure that we don't uh, hold back or limit any of these girls and their ability on the court. And we just like to continue to, to progress and use that dynamic as the core of what we do and the foundation of our program to just continue to build and represent and encourage all of those younger girls that are coming through the program to have something to work for and continue to have a good strong work ethic so pretty fortunate Brady Hanthorne, Missoula Hellgate girls basketball joining us here on Nuanas now it's ESPN radio as well as SWX Montana television and last couple things for you coach uh, you, you wrapped up your regular season with a great win over Kalispell Glacier and now you get the Wolfpack again to kick off the divisional tournament 1230 uh, the game tips from Carroll College the first game of the Western AA Girls Basketball Divisional. Uh, so what do you think of the matchup with the Wolfpack, particularly because you played them so recently? It, it's going to be interesting to see them two weeks in a row. Um, it's nice to have a little bit of understanding of what they were looking to possibly do against us last week. Um, have some good film to just use for scouting, a scouting tool and have a good couple practices this week. And just go in there and, and play our game. Um, Glacier, they, they've had a lot of close games this year. They've competed. They've got younger girls in their, in their lineup. And so if they get hot, we've got to make sure that we play strong defense and do the little things like rebounding, get those 50-50 balls, and um, get to that free throw line. So it'll be, it should be an exciting game. 12.30 is a perfect time. And just count down the days and looking forward to tip-off. Well, Coach, we appreciate the time today. Thanks so much for joining us, and uh, best of luck. I'm sure we'll be catching up with you a couple more times before the postseason's over, but to go get them, and thanks so much for being here. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate you having me. Brady Henthorne, Missoula Hellgate, girls basketball coach. So our prep extra presented by Farmer State Bank. Farmer State Bank has been enriching the lives of Montanans since 1907. Ten $10,000 scholarships is what they're giving away. Go get your seniors entered FarmersEbank.com. Hurry now because the deadline is March 15th. What's up for the rest of the week? Plus, maybe a little history lesson. Keep it right here. New on us now. The advocates can help you if you've been injured in an automobile, motorcycle, pedestrian, or even a dog bite accident. For additional information on other types of cases that the advocates handle, you can always visit MontanaAdvocates.com. You can chat with an experienced attorney with no upfront out-of-pocket expense. Visit online or call 406-640-4444 today. Or you can visit MontanaAdvocates.com. And remember, you deserve an advocate. This is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. What's up, Montana? Welcome back. Nuana's now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. I'm Coulter Nuana's. We're coming to you from the Northwest Motorsports Studio. Missed anything in today's show, whether it was me breaking down the pending showdown between Montana State and Southern Utah men's basketball tonight in Bozeman, or Riley Corcoran breaking down Montana's win over Montana State in men's and women's basketball, or Courtney Imhoff from Can't Make a Dream. 
our Treasure State stars, Justin Angle from a business angle, or Brady Hemthorne, the Missoula Hellgate girls co-head coach. You can find all of it on the Nuanas Now podcast, proudly presented by Blackfoot Communications, Sports Bet Montana, and the Advocates. Have a little history lesson. This is our final word presented by Eagle Satellite. Eagle Satellite has great deals on both TV and internet. They got free installation on both. You can get TV starting at $57.99 and internet starting at $50 a month. Call them right now or call them anytime. 406-728-9999. Eagle Satellite, proud to present the final word. If you've been following along, I've been giving you some history lessons from time to time. This is our 100 Greatest Sports Heroes, a book by Mac Davis, that's the life stories of the immortal sports legends selected by America's top sports writers. The kicker is it was published in 1954. So some would say antiquated, but I think it's revelatory. It's a, it shows us a lot of maybe who we might have forgotten about that were so popular you know, just, just about 70 years ago. I've been waiting to get to this part. We're, we're doing this in alphabetical order. We're only on page 28, and this thing has, let's check it out. This thing has close to 150 pages. So we're, we're going to be doing this throughout the whole year, I think. But I'm waiting for this one. We're to the D's now. Today's history lesson is about Jack Dempsey. Jack Dempsey, at a moment in time, was widely considered the most fearsome and perhaps best athlete in the world. Jack Dempsey was the heavyweight champion of the world. In the 1920s, he was one of the first great heavyweight champions that sort of captivated the world. We've heard the legend of Joe Lewis. Jack Dempsey was like right around then, a little bit before that. But the reason I've been waiting for this is Jack Dempsey has a direct connection to the state of Montana. And if you've listened to this show before, I've referenced several times. I think I actually... You can say borderline frequently reference this book because I think it's such a great book. If you're a Montanan and you love the mystique of Montana and you enjoy history, the book is called Shelby's Folly. And it's all about when Shelby, Montana, went out on a quest to make themselves into the Tulsa of the North is what they uh, described it as. The town basically leveraged and then mortgaged not only its future but its present to build a $2 million ring that had like 35,000 seats. And then they expected to bring people into Shelby by train from all over the country. And uh, this became a complete calamity. The ticket sales, the laundering and then uh, extortion and then theft of money. I won't spoil the whole thing, but it didn't go well for Shelby, and Shelby was never able to recover. Shelby's a great town up on the Montana High Line now, very ag- agricultural base, but there was also a lot of oil there, and they weren't able to capitalize on that nearly as much as you would have expected. And uh, I'll just read you the paragraph from this passage all about Jack Dempsey. Another day came, and Jack went to small town Shelby, Montana, to his defend his title against Tommy Gibbons. Out of pride and eagerness for publicity, the small town had agreed to pay the champ a sum of $300,000 to appear there to defend his title. And when Jack left Shelby, he left behind an empty shell, a town that was totally bankrupt. So that's just a piece of it. If you want to read that book, you can find it, I'm sure, at the public library or online or whatever. I'm, I'm sure it's all over the place. I, I, I am feeling a little bit um, out of character that I don't know the author because as a writer, I always hope that people remember me as the author if they're reading some of my things, but uh, I'll get to the author name somewhere down the road, but a little piece of history, a little piece of Montana history. Amazing. Amazing. That's one thing that my mother always tries to remind me, and I know her mother always tried to remind her as well. Corruption and uh, unsavory behavior and a lot of these different elements, those are not actually new. Those are actually sort of always been a part of society and civilization and humanity, so... Um, there's a lot of stuff going on in the world right now. I do think we're in unprecedented times because of our connectivity. There, there was all the news yesterday uh, out of Ukraine as well as Russia with that whole conflict that's going on about er- everything from the dating apps on people's phones serving as tracking devices. Now there's a military conflict. 
to soldiers using TikTok to display uh, their exploits and or c- civilians using TikTok to sort of report the news. That is co- totally unprecedented. But I guess the point is, because I don't want to go down that road because I know it's very, very uh, dark in that part of the world and, and something that's really exploded on the global scene, here nor there. The point is that there's been struggles, adversity, corruption, and greed and, and criminality and all that stuff for forever and never and ever. But there's also been great joy and great love and uh, a great appreciation for competition, a great appreciation for your fellow man. So, you know, to have one, you have to have the other. To have the, do you have to have God? Do you have to have the devil? To have, uh, you know, black and white, the dichotomy between good and evil, yin and yang, the balance of the universe, whatever you want to look at it as. One has to exist for the other. That's why we love sports, because you either win or lose, one or the other, a direct result. And I think that's what keeps us coming back. Well, big show for you tomorrow. Tommy Evans, longtime producer and uh, operations manager, station engineer here at Missoula Broadcasting Company will join us off the top. We're also going to hear from Alex Eshelman, Danny Sprinkle, Travis Takir, and also entering a very special guest for our ESPN Roundtable, so stay tuned for that as well. Nuana's now. We'll be back at it here for you on your Wednesday. In the meantime, March is here. Let the madness begin. We'll see you back here at 4 p.m. Nuana's now, ESPN Radio. SportsBet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for SportsBet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. SportsBet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized SportsBet Montana location or by using the SportsBet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since SportsBet Montana launched almost a year ago, and in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. SportsBet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized SportsBet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or of course you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus.